Nearly three weeks on, and the mystery of what happened to Nicola Bully is still unsolved. So we've done very thorough searches all the way down to the weir. The police divers have dived it three times extremely thoroughly, and they are highly competent, and we are. That area is completely negative. There is no sign of Nicola. The 45-year-old mother of two went missing while out walking her dog along a quiet stretch of river not far from her home in the north of England. Every single scenario comes to a brick wall, every single one of them. It is as though she has vanished into thin air. That's her husband Paul Ansel speaking just days after she disappeared. All we're doing is sitting there going round and round and round, going through every scenario and then go back to the, f- the first scenario again and do the whole thing again. It just seems absolutely impossible. Just, just like a dream. So what could have happened to Nicola? That's the question that Lancashire police are trying to get to the bottom of, but they're not the only ones. So I've got so much to say about this whole Nicola bully thing. Did she go in the river? No, I don't think she did. Guys, this is my conclusion on the Nicola Bully case. Right After all the videos I've done, after all the research I've done, this is what I believe has happened, right? So, yeah, um, we are doing, like, um, a search. Well, I am anyway. I'm in search of this lady. I want some answers, you know. There's a lot of conspiracy theories going around on the internet, so just trying to find some answers, guys. Nicola's disappearance has led to an avalanche of speculation online. Call it the Netflix effect or a TV culture wall-to-wall with crime dramas but armchair detectives and TikTok investigators have been sharing their own theories. What is it? Out under that sheet? Have a look under the sheet. And some of these salutes are even turning up at the small village and along the riverside walk to conduct their own searches. It does feel soft, eh, doesn't it? Like someone's covered some up. Hey, look at this. This looks fresh, this soil, eh? Like it's been freshly dug. Look. Though the police have urged the public not to take the law into their own hands and to leave the investigation to the professionals, has it been enough to deter those eager to solve the case? This is particularly hurtful to her family, to her children, to her partner Paul, her parents, her sister and her friends. And it's distracting for the police inquiry. I'm Bernice Harrison and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, the disappearance of Nicola Bully and the amateur detectives getting in the way. Mark Paul is the Irish Times London correspondent. Mark, you were in St Michael's on Wire at the weekend. That's where Nicola Bully went missing. What was your first impression? My first impression is that it's a, it's quite a pretty little village. It's um it's in, you know, it's it's a quite well-to-do part of Lancashire. It's about a half an hour inland from Blackpool. Um flat kind of a landscape. Kind of reminded me a little bit of, you know, Kilkenny, somewhere like that. And St Saint, Saint Michael's and Wire is just a small little village where you presume not an awful lot happens. I mean, there's um there's a school, um there's a a lovely pretty little church, there's one pub and one garage and that's pretty much it. Um but now of course it's the centre of this massive media story um, and this massive social media frenzy. Um, and I think that the, the, the people of the village, um, you know, whilst they, they're, they're all um, hoping to find Nicola Bully and, and they're all engaged in the search, they also feel a, a little bit under attack from the outside. And you did get that sense um, from interacting with locals. 
So just for, for listeners who are not entirely familiar with the story, we'll just go back to a, for a moment to the morning of January 27th. Yes. Nicola Bully was out walking her dog along the riverside. She'd just dropped off her, her daughters to school. It was something that she regularly did after drop-off. She was working from home. She logged on to a team's call just after 9am. But what, what else do we know about her movements that morning? Yeah, look, it, it was, a, you know, her partner, Paul Ansel, says it was a pretty ordinary morning. I mean, the two of them both work from home. They live, actually, they actually don't live in St. Michael's on Wire. They live about three or four miles down the road in another little kind of a hamlet called Inskip. Um, so, yeah, she, she, she put the dog Willow in the boot of the car. She put the two kids in the back seat. Um, and she drove to St. Michael's on Wire, dropped the two kids off at school, as she normally does. Um, it was a, a Mercedes car. Um, um, and then she took the dog for a walk as she apparently normally does um, um, after she drops the kids for school she went you know she parked the car at the school went over this sort of a it's like a, a kind of a humpback bridge uh, in the middle of the town she turned right down this riverside walk I walked through it um, um, at, at exactly the same time 15 days later you walk through this kind of a woods um, a kind of a copse of woods um, which is known locally as uh, as the stinking woods because that's where wild garlic blooms and she was spotted down here by other dog walkers she walked past the riverside bench into a couple of fields and that's where she was last seen she was last seen at around about 10 past nine in the morning in one of those fields now she had logged on to her work team's call as you said at a minute past nine and she had also messaged a friend and emailed her boss now phone data um, um, now places her phone at least back at this riverside bench at 20 past nine I mean, it only places the phone there, not necessarily Nicola Bully. And then uh, 13 minutes later, at 9.33, another local dog walker found her phone sitting there on the bench, still logged into this team's call. Um, Willow, the dog, was very agitated on the riverbank um, and the, the, the dog's harness was on the ground um, and there hasn't been hide nor hair seen of Nicola Bully since. This bench, by the way, is... It's at the top of a steep bank leading down to the river. Now, well, look, I walk down that bank. It's steep, but it's not perilously steep. Um, there's about a three-foot drop-off at the end of it into the water. The water, I should say, is quite shallow at the edge and um, where if you fell into the river, you would go into the shallow water, but quite deep in the middle. So the police theory is that she may have fallen into the river or entered the water in, for, for, for some reason or in some way and been washed away. Um, but of course, some locals and certainly her family and certainly all the social media is open to the theory that something else may have happened to her. And look, I'm not. I'm not a private investigator. I'm a journalist. I don't. I don't know what has happened to Nicola Bully. I don't necessarily have a better theory than anybody else. But what I do know is that there is no evidence whatsoever for any of the theories about what's happened to Nicola Bully, and that's at the heart of the mystery. It's like a real life, as you say, Netflix crime drama, um, and that's what's drawn so many people to it. And like, is there much of a police presence? Did you get the sense of a missing person search? Not so much in the village itself, because the search for Nicola Bully, the official police search, that is, as opposed to the social media search, um, the official police search has moved several miles downstream, down the river wire, down where it widens, because, of course, the police are working on that theory that she may have fallen into the river. Now, in the car park of the Grapes pub, and this is a large sort of a pub car park, it kind of dominates the middle of the village, actually, um, there's a mobile police station set up in the corner um, of the car park. and that, But that's not necessarily part of the search for Nicola Bully. It's more to protect 
the village from this influx of social media people. I mean, I spoke to one of the police officers and, and, and he said, look, I'm just here to provide community reassurance. Those were his words. Um, but when you, when you take the Riverside Walk that, that, that Nicola Bully took and you walk down to the bench that, that, that everybody knows where her phone was left and, 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 and where she was kind of last placed, nothing is cordoned off. Um, you can see from the ground underneath you um, and from the way it's been trampled that a lot of people have been down here the last number of weeks because it's turned into this kind of a macabre tourist site, I guess. Mark, as well as these sort of, you know, people who are, you know, trying to solve this mystery from the comfort of their own homes, there are people arriving in that small village. There are also, you know, what's been called grief tourists travelling from all over Britain to walk along the riverbank and even take selfies at the bench where her mobile phone was found. What types of people are these? Who are they? Ordinary people, Bernice, I, I, I think, and that's really what I notice most about them, just ordinary people. I, I think sometimes people see a story in the media, maybe they empathise um, um, or they identify with the woman who is missing or the story and, and, and they become a little bit interested. And if it's within reach, um, sometimes people just like to rubberneck, right? I mean, that's a, that's a known phenomenon. They, the people just like to, they like to be in the middle of it. Um, you know, I noticed groups out with families, with kids, um, um, in which I thought was very strange, landing down and walking the route and stopping at the bench and so on. Um, according to locals, the numbers of visitors to the village have really picked up weekends. So it's almost a recreational activity, I suppose, for some people who have come down. Um, um, you hear a lot of voices. I heard a lot of voices from that sounded to me like um, Liverpool accents. Um, Liverpool, of course, is, is, is about, I suppose it's about 70 or 80 minutes drive away. Um, maybe people were coming, you know, seeing the case in the media uh, during the day and, and popping down for a day's drive and, 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 and wanting to see the bench. On Sunday morning, before I went back up into the village, I took another walk down by the bench and there was two um, young Liverpool women, I'd say they were in their early 20s, and they were standing there taking a selfie at the bench. And, uh, and then they, uh, I could hear them as I was walking away. Then they were on a video call to somebody else um, and telling them where they were. So I think it's just people who just want to get involved and who just want to, I suppose, be at the scene or something they've seen on television. And it's a, it's a strange phenomenon. Um, um, but in other ways, in, in other ways I'm, I'm sure it's, it's, it's become very normal nowadays. So, yeah, um, we are doing, like, um, a search. Well, I am anyway. I'm in search of this lady. I want some answers, you know. So one of uh, the social media sleuths, if you like, a TikToker, Mm. um, he'd been conducting his own searches along the river and there's an abandoned house nearby. He's a man called Danny Duffy. And his investigation, his reaction was so intense that he got kicked off TikTok in recent days. What can you tell me about him? Yeah, so Dan, Danny Duffy is uh, is a, a, I suppose you would say a content creator, um, um, who very well known on TikTok, couple of hundred thousand followers, um, um, creates videos, creates content, and he kept repeatedly showing up in Michael's home wire um, and making, um, you know, doing conducting his own investigation for his followers, you know, getting eyeballs on social media. Sometimes he would he would play clips to kind of spooky music. Um, he would show up at police press huddles, um, um, but he would also, um, um, you know. I mean, I mean, for example, there was one you mentioned an abandoned house directly across the river from um, the the river bench where Nicola Bully's phone was found. There is a house, an old manor house, um, and Mr. Duffy went across to this house and, and was kind of in the garden and so on and looking through windows and so on. Someone definitely lived there, though. Look, flesh padlocks on and that. 
and you know describing it as an abandoned house now it's actually not an abandoned house a local told me that what happened with that house was and um, that the owner died in his 50s about, about six months ago and the house is in probate and um, but i think some of the tiktokers had seen lights on in the house and thought maybe there might be a connection to nicholas disappearance and um, so um, i spoke to another local who was there when the police were called over this incident um, and the police were called on on this tiktoker and two other um, social media amateur sleuths who were with him because um the owners of the house were concerned um, and, and were worried so he's been banned from tiktok over over some of his videos from saint michael's and wire um, and he has spoken about that and he has said that he's not going to go back and um, to saint michael's and wire and I, th- I don't think he's enjoyed some of the attention or the negative attention that he has gotten in relation to it but he's an exemplar a, a prime example of how social media has really i think lost its mind over this case Coming up, I'll continue my conversation with Mark Paul. So, like, of all those social media detectives or armchair investigators, you know, they don't agree with the police. They, they don't agree, the police have said, from day one, from minute one, really, mm, that mm. they feel that uh, this poor missing woman, that she somehow went into the river... But what do they believe happened to her then? And, uh, you know, what kind of theories are, are, are they putting forward? There are some absolutely wild theories. There are some that, that you just couldn't talk about uh, in, a, in a responsible media environment. Um, but there, but there, are, there are wild theories that, um, that you know, for example, that, that maybe she, uh, uh, she planned to sort of get away and leave of her own accord and she hatched this whole plan. Again, there's no evidence for that. Um, there have been focusing in recent days um, on social media on the, the location of the keys to her Mercedes claiming that um, the keys were left in the ignition and that this showed um, that she wanted to get away herself. Again, that's not true. Um, those keys are missing and, and her family at the moment actually are asking Mercedes if they can trace those keys. Um, I, I saw another theory about um, a van that was supposedly parked nearby um, and people were trying to speculate that could she have been kidnapped and bundled into this van. Again, there is no evidence for that and um, but this is another theory on social media and then of course there are other theories about you know if she did enter the water was it at somebody else's hand um, and was it of her own accord was it an accident and um, but again there is no hard evidence for any of these things so it is also worth pointing out bernice in just in terms of people not believing the police's theory it isn't just social media sort of amateurs who don't believe it there are some professional crime investigators in Britain um, who are prominent in the media um, um, who have also called into doubt uh, uh, the police's theory, as have her family. So uh, there's a lot of a focus on the Lancashire Constabulary at the moment. I mean, they've, in a sense, they've put so much store in this theory that she entered the water and was washed away. There's a lot riding on it, obviously, for, for, for Nicola's family and for her daughters. Um, but there's a lot riding on this for the police as well in terms of how they've handled the investigation and in particular how they've communicated with the public. But uh, like, am I reading too much into it and to say that maybe the way the amateur detectives have come out in such force, is that a reflection of a general level of mistrust in the police in England? Could that, is that too much? Um, I think it's probably more a reflection of social media culture and the fact that it, it's almost dehumanising, isn't it? That, that, that to a lot of these people, Nicola Bully isn't necessarily a person, a mother, a mother of two daughters, a partner, a sister, you know, a, a, a friend. She's just another subject for one of their real life crime dramas. She's a plot device nearly. A plot device. She's a reason to make content for social media. And, and I think that's... 
And that's something that maybe we in the mainstream media should look at as well in, in, in the sense that, you know, when, when we're writing, I mean, I was up there for a couple of days writing a story on this, when we write pieces and produce um, our own content on it, maybe to people at the far end of it and the receiving end of it, um, and maybe it feels the same for them. So look, it's, uh, it's not a good situation all round. Um, um, there is, of course, distrust in the police here, specifically amongst women um, um, recently, and it's a lot in the news, um, you know, related to, to, to cases where, serving police officers have been um, um, accused or convicted of crimes and particularly against women. And that is a theme, a background theme. But of course, there's no evidence and there's no suggestion even that, that there was anything like that happened in this case. But, you know, whilst there is mistrust of the police in certain aspects in, in, in Britain at the moment, I think social media culture is the overwhelming driving force in, in the attention on this one. So, but it's a double-edged sword, maybe, or is it? All this social media attention, it's keeping the case alive because there have been countless missing people. They go missing, there's a little bit of flurry of attention and it's gone. Mm. So uh, the double-edged sword, of course, being that it's keeping the case alive, but is it also undermining the case? Yeah, I mean, like one of the specific criticisms made by professionals of the Lancaster Constabulary investigation is that they were too quick to come out um, and say that their theory was she fell into the river. Because, of course, when people see that, when they see that on their TV screens, they immediately stop thinking about, you know, vans that might have been in the area, you know, suspicious things they might have seen. And they think, oh, well, well, you know, the cops think she fell into the water, so um, so I don't have to think anymore. Um, um, and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to think about whether I saw anything suspicious anymore. Um, um, but, of course, by keeping, you know, the frenzy around the case means that that, that still people, other people are, are starting to look at it and wonder what they've seen, even if half of it is not nonsense or 95 or 99 percent of it is nonsense and um, paul ansell nicola bully's partner has repeatedly said um, that he doesn't believe that she's in the water he's 100 percent convinced that she's not in the water people don't just vanish into thin air it's absolutely impossible so something has happened something has happened find out what it is and he said, you know, kind of, I'm paraphrasing him now, um, um, but he said he wants every shed, every piece of land searched. He wants it all um, scrutinised, was the word that he used. There has to be a way to find out what happened. There has to be. You cannot, you cannot walk your dog down a river and just vanish into thin air. Something, something happened that day, something as you say, it is a double-edged sword because it brings all of this, it creates this frenzy around the case. And of course, you know, I'm sure he reads some of the stuff online and, 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 and I'm sure he doesn't like it. But at the same time, yeah, you're right, with the double-edged sword, it does bring a certain level of attention onto it. Does it undermine the case? Yeah, I suppose it does. I mean, the police have asked for, for the speculation to stop. They've asked for, you know, they've, they issued a dispersal order at the weekend, which gave powers to break up some of the groups of social media sleuths. Um, and, and, and of course, you know, there is scrutiny on the police themselves and their performance. Um, so, so the disappearance of one woman has now turned and morphed into this, you know, from this, this one person or one family tragedy into this enormous um, a monster of a media case and the longer that it goes on that she's not found the deeper that scrutiny gets on the police and uh, and, and the worse it gets for Nicola Bully's family and, and of course you know for her two young daughters um, um, who must have such terrible questions and it must be so terrible um, um, for them all um, um, you know you just hope that some sort of a resolution is found for them soon. My final thoughts, I, I suppose, on the whole thing were that obviously I hope that there's a, I hope that Nicola Bully is found one way or the other soon. Um, but that 
we're going to see more of this type of thing. You know, I, I really would draw a very, very strong link between how this case has progressed and this culture, this this Netflix real life drama culture that we're all a part of in a lot of ways. Anybody who watches these shows and, and whatever, we're all a part of that culture, or at least we're all familiar with it. And that this is probably going to happen again um, um, and again and again and again. And, you know, police investigations and, and, and how police um, um, look into these kind of things, they'll just have to learn to live with this sort of stuff. And underneath it all, there's always people, families, um, loved ones at the bottom of all of these stories. And perhaps that's something that um, we should always bear in mind. And that's, that, that's probably what I walked away um, from St. Michael's on Wire with. Um, and there's, there's people behind all of this and, and, and always to, to recognise that. Thanks, Mark. For more Irish Times journalism, including Mark Paul's reports from the UK, subscribe at irishtimes.com. Subscribe. This episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan and Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back on Friday.